We're with Dr. Joe Paschal, Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Livestock Specialist here at the Texas and Southwestern Cattle Raisers Association Convention in San Antonio. Dr. Paschal, there's lots of issues going on with uh, beef cattle production across Texas and, and the U.S. We've come down from all-time highs, but uh, also uh, uh, the prices have, have moderated somewhat, so our operations are going to have to be more efficient than ever to improve those bottom lines. Well, Blair, you're right, and, and fortunately, we've had a pretty good spring across the southern and south-central part of the state. Uh, certainly have got uh, some adequate rainfall. I'm not saying we have all we want, but uh, certainly have got enough to get the grass growing. Uh, there's been some years in the past that uh, all of us were more or less counting on the weeds, and uh, fortunately, we've had some pretty good rains and some pretty mild, sunshiny days, and the grass is green. And most of the cows are fat as I drive up and down the road from the valley to central Texas and across from Del Rio over towards Houston. Some issues that we're seeing uh, out in the, in the cattle country right now, you know, obviously we'd all like to see better cattle prices. You know, we got a lot of meat to work through. The economists and the marketing guys tell us, you know, that uh, I think a, 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 a meat tsunami is what somebody once called it, or a beef tsunami. Uh, you know that's just we'll, we'll get that we'll get that uh, uh, eaten down and prices will start to move back up. In fact, uh, in my part of the country, uh, feeder cattle prices have already moved up a little bit, about a nickel. You know, obviously that's sort of the spring bump. People are looking for those feeder cattle. Even cow prices, cows in good condition, cold cows, you know, are moving up towards that 70 cent mark, and uh, and bulls uh, that are not completely wore out. Uh, because of their lean beef value are certainly a little bit north of 90 cents. Uh, replacements are doing good. Folks are looking at replacing replacing some of their cattle, either replacing those that they had sold during the dry years or when cows were really high, uh, or just plan on rebuilding their cow herd. And that's another talk that, that, uh, that Mr. Mac Young, one of our ag economists, and I are going to give a little bit later on some considerations about what you should restock with. One big problem we're having down in South Texas right now is a fever tick. Texas Health Commission, you know, they have the regulatory status for, for any fever tick outbreak that's outside the permanent quarantine zone. Uh, as your listeners may or may not know, that's a barrier that uh, runs along the uh, river from uh, just south of Brownsville all the way to uh, north of Del Rio. Uh, the fever tick uh, is in that permanent quarantine zone. Uh, we have uh, USDA veterinary services that actually patrols that area. Uh, but occasionally, because primarily because of wildlife, we have that tick migrate outside that permanent quarantine zone, and then at that point, uh, it becomes a, it becomes under the authority of Texas Health Commission. The reason why we worry about the fever tick, we've got lots of ticks in Texas, but this fever tick has the ability to carry a very uh, a dreadful disease called babesiasis. It used to be called cattle fever. It can cause up to 80 to 90 percent cattle mortality in, in cattle that are naive that have never been affected by the disease. Uh, and so it's very important to control the tick. We don't have the fever. Uh, we only have the ticks in the permanent quarantine zone and a few small localized areas that Animal Health Commission works with. But Mexico, bless their heart, they have both the tick and the fever, or ticks, I should say, because there's actually two different species. Uh, but right now in Live Oak County, we have a control purpose quarantine area of about 60,000 acres with nine infected herds. Uh, Texas Animal Health Commission has been uh, has treated uh, I, I think about the 3,500 cattle and about three or 400 horses. I believe it's closer to 5,500 cattle and about three or 400 horses. So, so they're getting our hands around it, but it is spring. We expect a spring bloom of ticks. 
there's a lot of cattle that went from that area to other counties, about 40, and, uh, and about 50 locations out of state, out of Texas. And, you know, if we ever have to have a fever tick quarantine come back to this country uh, like we did 70 years ago, uh, that would cost our Texas livestock industry well over a billion dollars the very first year. So, so the so Animal Health Commission and Extension uh, is doing a, a I think doing a yeoman's job. Animal Health Commission in terms of corralling the tick. Uh, our county Extension agents and our animal science and veterinary specialists are out there talking about uh, what the tick is, what the problem is, uh, what to look for. Uh, and uh, to make sure that we assist our colleagues in Animal Health Commission. You know, Extension has a real role to play in education. We're sort of an, well, we're not sort of, we are an unbiased source of, of information. Uh, you know, there, there, we, have no, we, have, we have no access to grind and nobody to pat on the back as far as products or techniques or procedures. We're out there trying to help farmers and ranchers uh, select production practices uh, that make them more efficient and more profitable and and really my hats off to county extension agents uh, uh, they do a lot of different roles out there in the county and uh, you know they, they, they do an excellent job as far as a cow cap producer uh, uh, surveillance of, of their livestock uh, obviously when you're running those cows and calves through the pens and so forth uh, I guess it's always good to be be a have a watchful eye yeah, Blair. You know, the, the fever tick, uh, Dr. Brody Miller, he's our Region 5 veterinarian for Texas Animal Health Commission out of Beeville. He did a really nice job. It's actually on the Texas Animal Health Commission website on YouTube talking about the tick. But, yes, we want to enlist veterinarians and ranchers to be more observant of ticks on cattle. You know, we have ticks on cattle like the Gulf Coast tick and the Lone Star tick that primarily are around the head area. Uh, these fever ticks, uh, both species tend to like to be down in the soft tissues. They have a really small mouthpiece, and so they have to find really thin-skinned areas, so down along the brisket underneath the forearm, uh, back in the flank area, back up in where the udder would be or the, or the scrotum would be in that really thin tissue area. Uh, they like to be up there in those folds where they're protected. It's fortunate that it's what they call a one-host tick, so it takes all three of its blood meals, you know, going from a larvae to a nymph to an adult off of the cow so it doesn't change species. So we can use the cow as a control method. You know, right now we dip the cow or spray the cow and Cumafos producers know that as corral. Uh, but yes, uh, if, if, if producers see or veterinarians see uh, ticks on cattle uh, that are unusual, or even if they're not, if they think they know what they are, they're encouraged to collect those ticks, so put them in a little, a little bottle of, uh, of, of isopropyl alcohol and uh, send it to their local Texas Animal Health Commission veterinarian. Uh, because if, it, if they are fever ticks, we need, to get, we need to know where they're coming from and get a handle on it. Most ticks, most of the ticks that, that were probably going to be submitted, I'd say probably 95% or maybe, maybe 99% are going to be pretty common ticks. But, but there's some things to look for for these ticks. As I said, they're very easy uh, to, to take off of the animal because they have very short mouth parts. They're not, they're not typically really deep. Sometimes when you pull a tick off, you can hear it go sort of like pop, but that's not the case in these because they're not that deep. Uh, they're not very ornate. They're not very colorful. Uh, yeah, these ticks, uh, if you, when you pull a tick off and you put it in your hand, uh, normally when you pull a tick off of yourself or your dog, the little sucker just really starts crawling off really fast. These ticks don't. Uh, they're very sluggish and very slow. 
And then, of course, there's some physical characteristics that are probably not easily observable under the naked eye with a microscope, like, you know, their headpiece is six-sided instead of four-sided. As I said, their mouth parts are relatively even. Uh, and, uh, and if you look, the, the, both ticks actually have a, sort of a shoulder. The, the, the first pair of legs are actually a little bit of a distance away from, from the head. So, you know, th those are the kinds of things that Dr. Miller has uh, visited with veterinarians about and producers and just trying to get them to be more observant. Dr. Joe Paschal here at the Texas Southwestern Cattle Raisers Association Convention in San Antonio. I'm Blair Fannin reporting.